You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, we're a little program that uh, broadcasts weekly and we're about uh, cycling and related transport issues. Welcome to NADOC Week. Uh, I'm proud to acknowledge that, um, that the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation uh, the traditional owners of this land in which we transmit people-powered radio. And if you're interested in the uh, little bit of music that I played for them, that's a, a cover of the um, Tour de France classic by that was originally done by Craftwork, and that's by Senior Coconut. Um, the original was back in, oh, let me think, 1983 or 84. So, yeah, we just had the Grand Depart from Brussels, and welcome to... Yeah, anyone else out there who listens and watches and follows the tour and all the grand classics, we've got three weeks of sleep deprivation coming up. This year during the tour, you might have noticed, if you've been watching, there's a big celebration of 50 years of uh, since the first time Eddie Merckx won the first of his 11 grand tours. But that's not all, really. I've got a more to say about that and also women's participation on today's show. I'm going to be uh, talking to Dr Tim Reid, MP for Brunswick. He's a Greens member in the uh, Le- Victorian Legislative Council about bikes for Brunswick and the current uh, Vic Roads Sydney Road Improvement Project. Also, as I mentioned, it, it's uh, NADOC week and it was really great coming in today. I just caught the end of the 9am uh, news and it was great to hear Culture Edwards on Radio National, on their show, I think for the 9am slot, is Life Matters, and hearing them talk about community radio, and especially the fantastic program that's been broadcast from 3CR for, oh, as long as I can remember, which is Beyond the Bars. So it's great to hear the uh, national broadcaster supporting community radio, and I've got also got a fair bit more to say about community radio at the conclusion of the show. Okay, so what I was going to talk about, women's participation. Well, we're all about the Tour de France and the men's cycling. But there's some, again, at the moment, we've got the Giro Rosa at the moment. We've also got La Course coming up in a few weeks' time. I just want to draw your attention to a really good article by Isabel Best in the um, UK Telegraph, and it's called Remembering the Golden Era of Women's Tour de France. It struck me about it. Again, there's a visual element to it, which is very hard to convey in radio, but I'll do my best. The article is accompanied by a photo of Stephen Roche and Jeannie Longu share the winner's podium in Paris in 1987. Now, can you kind of think for one moment 
2019, the same thing happening with the conventional mail tour to France and La Course if they extended it past one day. We've really gone backwards in the last 30 years. It's... I find it just really... Yeah, look, it's it's it's, it's actually a topic that's worth um, a whole series of shows and I might actually get on to that because it's just incredibly annoying uh, that, uh, you know, incredible human potential regardless of your gender, but it's still... It's cycling, pro-cycling, it's still seen predominantly... It's male. That's the sort of stuff that gets the audiences, it gets the clicks. But La Course, um, La Course by Tour de France, that's going to be on Friday the 19th of July. I believe SBS is going to be uh, covering that. At the moment, we've got uh, the Giro Rosa started on Friday the 5th of July, if my brain is functioning correctly. It's 10 stages and goes to Sunday the 14th. But um, at least we've got the 30th running of the Women's Giro d'Italia. And uh, raced over 10 stages. It is considered the most prestigious stage race of the women's calendar. Well, it's good on the Giro mob for, you know, continuing that for 30 years. But on the other hand, the uh, French side of this has really dropped off. The article that I was just referencing that was written by uh, Isabel Best actually goes into a fair bit of the uh, politics and some of the uh, attitudes that people have. And I just want to read you the opening paragraph. When Felix Levetan introduced a women's version of the Tour de France 35 years ago, the innovative co-director of the famous stage race was met with prominent opposition. I have absolutely nothing against women's sports, but cycling is too difficult for a woman. Jacques Artel, five-time tour champion, said, now stop screaming at the radio at my terrible pronunciation of surnames. And he went on to say, I like women, but I prefer to see them doing something else. Actually, no, that was said by um, Professor, oh yes, Lauren Fignong said that, a winner of the previous um, year's tour. This is the late 80s, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, not just ladies and gentlemen, but everyone else. Good Lord. Levant, however, was adamant that women deserved an event that resembled the men's race as closely as possible, regardless until then, the most prestigious international race on the women's calendar was the World Championship race, which was usually only 50 to 70 kilometres long and typically flat. Now, you can take that in comparison to some of the things we've had on the show the last few years. Uh, last week, endurance cycling, we've had uh, many a time, we've had Sarah Hammond, you know, I had Melbourne Dirt. A whole bunch of women who do phenomenal distance. But, you know, 30 years ago, we were up against it. And, yeah, I could kind of go around on this for a few hours. And I no doubt many of you out there with much better knowledge than I have could as well. But um, coming up after the break, I am going to be talking to Tim Reid about uh, more local matters and this is about the Sydney Road Improvement Project. Now there's a survey out at the moment which is an online survey and it gives you four options. Really when I went through it you you got about seven or eight really because one and two have sub options but we're going to be talking through that and plus also a group that uh, Tim's kicked off called Bikes for Brunswick, a very active and involved and aware group for improving cycling in Brunswick. So I'll be talking all about that after the break. Don't panic. There is a Planet B. 
come along to a sparkling night of progressive comedy at Greenleft Weekly's annual comedy debate. Join Masters of Ceremonies, Rod Quantock, with Sean Bedlam, Duff, Fiona Scott Norman, Hellchild, Kirsty Mack, and Tom Tanuki. Tickets are $50 Solidarity, $30 Regular, $22 Low Waged, and $12 Concession. There'll be a bar and the opportunity to buy a delicious dinner. Friday, the 26th of July, 6 30 pm at the Brunswick Town Hall. Don't panic, there is a Planet B, a fundraiser for the radical newspaper Green Left Weekly. Bookings are essential. Phone 9639 8622 or go to trybooking.com forward slash BDHTX. Green Left Weekly is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. And on the line today, I've got Dr Tim Reid, the member for Brunswick. Tim. Hi, how are you going? Good. Thank you for uh, making time this morning. Yep, pleasure. Okay, so we're going to have a little chat about uh, some of the things that are happening in Brunswick and especially, you know, like the the recent thing with Bikes for Brunswick and the um, Sydney Road Improvement Project that Vic Roads have got going. There's been a lot of talk about making Sydney Road safer for bikes since Alberto Paulon was killed when a car door opened and pushed him under a truck, gosh, about four years ago now. Yeah, that was about Uh, March 2015, yeah. There you go. So that was uh, a, a really awful event, but it also focused a lot of minds on how to make Sydney Road safer. And Sydney Road is relatively narrow with... Parked cars, bikes, moving cars, trams and pedestrians all competing for space, not to mention a few restaurant tables and everything else. So how do you fit all of that in? And I guess for over a decade now, um, people have been pointing at parked cars as probably the least efficient users of that space. The, The other point is that some very good work done by lobby group Revitalised Sydney Road has pointed out that there's hundreds of car parks, many of them underused, directly behind a lot of the shops up and down the length of Sydney Road. Some of these are council-owned parks, some are privately owned by the businesses, Barclay Squares being is the biggest. And so there's actually abundant parking and the parallel parking on Sydney Road really doesn't accommodate a lot of cars, so we wouldn't lose a lot of parking if that went. Uh, you've um, had a look at Vic Road's online uh, survey? Yes, indeed. So that the situation has led to a, a sort of group of Vic Roads and uh, Bicycle Network and others meeting progressively over the last couple of years, but that stopped in the lead-up to the state election, and nothing's happened. But we've been fortunate enough to meet with the roads minister Jala Pulford, and the uh, and suddenly this Vic Road survey has appeared, and um, we're quite pleased with it. It presents really five options: options one A, one B, and then two, three, and four. The option one options involve very little change, um, and option three is the one to look at, and that's the one that replaces parking on both sides of Sydney Road with separated bike lanes then the others offer some sort of 
compromise. There's another option with some improved bike lane, temporary bike lane um, with less parking and another one that gives trams a bit more priority but no improvement for bikes. But of all of the options, option three is, is clearly the one that provides some safety for, for people who, who are trying to move up and down the street on a bike. Yeah, and this comes also like last week, if you've um, been monitoring news coming out of uh, New York, you might remember back in August uh, last year, there was a tragic death of an Australian woman visiting New York, um, Madsen Jane Lydon, who was, I think, originally from Tasmania. And I they've just, yeah, that yeah, the, was it Central West Committee, Central West 7, if I've got my um, words around the right way, re- recently, well, I said it's last week, voted to put in separated facilities in the wake of this. And I'm just looking at the timelines, August 2018, compared to what happened to Roberto Paulon. I'm just thinking from a perspective of um, an advocate and an observer of uh, cycling kind of transport and politics, we really do things slowly and glacially, if at all, here in Victoria. I think one of the hold-ups has been a fear uh, on, on the part of the government, a fear of upsetting the traders and a lot of the uh, business owners on Sydney Road uh, believe that they depend on the parking and um, many of them park there themselves. But the experience around the world has been in uh, that business has often improved when parking's been removed and, and replaced by safe separated cycleways. You get more people using the street, it becomes a more attractive destination and less of a traffic sewer and uh, people go there to shop and it should be remembered that people with bikes are often carrying money they want to spend. Yep, and uh, again, City of Yarra, talking about a long glacial process, has finally committed uh, 900000 to fixing or finishing off Wellington Street in Collingwood as a separated facility. And I just got to repeat, that's that's a process that's taken six to seven years, and if you go back to the original Yarra bike strategy, that's only one of a promised five separated facilities. And again, we're part of that. The parking has been, you know, people see, thinking that something's going to be taken away from it. And, it's, and I think it's something where if we're advocating for a better environment by removing, as you're saying, some of the Sydney Road advocates have been looking at, why, why don't we look at this as like, you know, it's a bit more of a local area placemaking thing and give people the options that they didn't know they had. And so we can diffuse these really bitter uh, entrenched arguments, and you know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to parking. Look, indeed, it's fascinating to think about the grip that the uh, the car has on on the Australian psyche, and uh, you know, I'm often guilty, as I have been this morning, in in focusing rapidly on on the parking. But there are so many other aspects to this. Uh, you've talked about the the place making how thinking of Sydney Road as a destination rather than just a, a line on a map that to, we have to move people down. Um, but other advantages really need to be emphasised and brought to the fore. So more people riding bikes means less transport pollution. It means less transport emissions. And that's got to be uh, an increasing priority now. I think it's our fastest growing sector of emissions, transport. And this is a um, tangible way of, of reducing that, not to mention the health benefits and the fact, I mean, I've got a 13-year-old who rides her bike to school and knowing that she'll be safer on the road 
you know, something that I think a lot of parents would identify with. Exactly, because if anyone who uses Sydney Road, you know, it's a great area, but especially the southern part of it is just so choked. You've got so much going through that area, and as, as you've mentioned, mapping out the existing car parks, the public transport, the, the, the buses that run parallel, because it's a phenomenal amount of buses, and I, I use those a fair bit, the train line. There's, again, there's a fair bit there for getting people or taking them in a different direction instead of like, we're going to have this discussion about what we're going to do for Sydney Road to make it better for everyone. And you see the entrenched positions come in. Come in. We had it up in Derribin recently with a, um, a parking strategy that kind of, everyone just lost their minds, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah. But it wasn't. Again, I'm not. I'm not saying this is a fault. It's just if we can take this as a constructive criticism, we've got to get beyond the win lose element. And because we all live here, we're not moving anywhere else. Um, you know, for the for the sake of this discussion, and we've got to kind of structure these discussions a lot better than some adversarial um, process. Because you know, you know, as well as me, we're living in a very um, politically conservative environment. And we've just got to find a better way through to get these things to happen. Well, I think the um, Melbourne City Council uh, is leading the way and uh, are doing great work. They have more control over their roads and streets than, um, in this case, Moreland City Council doesn't control Sydney Road. Uh, Big Roads does. So I, I think... Looking at, at what Melbourne City Council has been able to achieve is a good start. I think Yarra Council also should get some credit from uh, us Morelanders look towards the uh, the bike lanes in Yarra with a degree of envy, although your, your point about the delays um, is well taken. You certainly can't accuse Australian municipalities of rushing headlong into uh, bicycle, uh, you know, bicycle infrastructure. Yeah, I was just saying, like, you know, you've probably been watching stuff like Sydney Cycleways and the, the protests and stuff that um, they copped and, like, even with, um, you know, the College Street Cycleway being taken out because of uh, so-called, you know, roadworks elsewhere and, you know, polit- you know, political interference. But on the whole, Sydney has been actually a great uh, template for looking at how it improves the actual cityscape and people riding, in a, you know, in a really adv- adversarial environment. But onto the Vic Road survey now that runs until this weekend. Uh, that sounds about right. So I would uh, strongly encourage people to uh, get onto that, um, and um, it's not hard to find if you Google Sydney Road Vic Roads survey. You'll get there and have a look at the options. One thing that's just a little bit tricky in the way it's presented, it shows elevated accessible tram stops for um, obviously for wheeled uh, wheelchairs and prams and so on the only shows them in option one but in fact they will be delivered for all of the options yeah that's not properly so, um, discussed in that no it does, it does say so but you have to read it and the pictures don't make it clear so oh, no. so bear in mind that every option you choose will include elevated tram stops for wheelchair accessibility and so that's not really up for debate uh, and and we certainly support that but otherwise have a look at the options and uh, I guess people listening to this show are very likely to be uh, to support option three as I do but obviously make up your own mind and uh, you know I'd just like to conclude by by thanking 
the Minister for Roads, Darla Pulford, for ensuring that this has gone ahead. Mm. Um, I think it's a it's a good move, and what we want after this is done, uh, is to see some progress and some change. It's excellent because, uh, yeah, just to keep in mind that the survey itself, you, you, you're presented with the options and you read through them and then you have to present with the options again. And it's just a little trick is that you have to put in some text when they prompt you. It's not just like click, click, click. You have to put in some words. Think it through because yeah. it's a bit of a trick. Oh, people may, you know, it will take longer than 10, 15 minutes if you haven't got that in mind. So go there with a few few words, uh, make some notes. And also there's um, Vic Rhodes have got a couple of information sessions on too. So there's one on uh, Wednesday the 10th of July at um, Brunswick Town Hall and that's between that's right. 2 to 4 or 6 to eight, and that's at 233 Sydney Road, Brunswick. And another one up at Coburg Courthouse, that's at 1A Main Street, Coburg, and that's on Thursday the 11th, and that's between 2 to 4 again, or 6 to 8. Now, just before you go, do you want to have a few words about car bikes for Brunswick? Because that's really taken off. Yeah, so one of the things we discovered was there wasn't a great deal of online activity around this issue. So I just started in this office really at the beginning of this year. People often wanted to make comments around this issue and we wanted to create a space for that because we're not bike experts, really. I mean, we're enthusiastic cyclists here, but there's a lot of people who've been advocating in this space for a lot longer than we have. And so Brunswick for Bikes is a, is a Facebook group and, and anyone who's connected to the area, you don't strictly have to live here, is, is welcome to, to join in. So, and if I can just give you a heads up, we've done a survey of cyclists around the area uh, and we're just uh, collating those responses for publication and we'll be putting a little a little something out which which presents the case for safer bike lanes on Sydney Road with those survey results. That's great to hear so just go for bikes for Brunswick into search option on Facebook and I'll take you there and it's really easy yep, to join. I think, I think it's Brunswick for bikes. Brunswick for bikes. You'll, get there. You'll yeah. find it. Yeah again my, I only had one coffee and I'm kind of struggling. <laughs> But thank you so much for uh, taking time this morning, Tim. Uh, again, we'd just like to see where this goes with Vic Rhodes. Yes, well, we all do, but uh, it's been a real pleasure and we'll chat again. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Victoria's roadside drug testing program is not about road safety. In last year's governmental inquiry into drug law reform, it was noted that Victoria's RDT program is falling behind on latest evidence regarding impairment. Currently, Victoria Police can charge people for detection of either cannabis, amphetamines or MDMA. But those detections do not correlate with impairment. Impaired drivers should be removed from the roads and that's why we're urging an inquiry into Victoria's RDT scheme to ensure that the resources that are currently employed to make our roads safer are being properly used to make our roads safer. Help us refocus road safety onto what makes roads safe. Sign the e-petition parliament.vic.gov.au forward slash council forward slash petitions and look for the Inquiry into Drug Driving Reform, Petition 117. A 3CR supporter. If you recognise that, that's the um, horns they use in the Tour de France. Thank you for t- to Tim for making time to talk today about uh, the Sydney Roads um, Improvement Project. 
it's something you should have a look at if you've got access to a computer or device and uh, go to the Vic Roads website, pop that in as a search option and it'll take you straight there and I will make sure that it is put into the podcast links. Okay, a little bit of news and events. We've got a, you might remember going back about a month ago, I had um, Corey and Dana on the show from Brompton Junction. Now, Brompton City Strollers got a role coming out when it's presented by Rafa Melbourne, Brompton Bicycle Australia and Brompton Junction. And that's going to be on Saturday the 13th and that's between 10 to 12. And that's going to be uh, kicking off, I believe, at the Rafa Cycle Club down in Guildford Lane. That's 32 Guildford Lane. Now, it's free but booking's required. So again, go to the Facebook thing, look up, what's the correct word? Wording is Brompton City Strollers and just make a booking, but it is free. So if you haven't got a Brompton, I think they may give you a bit of leeway, but they would prefer you to have one. But So you can contact them. And also it's uh, the actual ride route is going to be on Ride With GPS. So you go to ridewithgps.com and look that up. So join us for a city ride with the iconic folding bike Brompton. We'll take to the paths and quiet streets and do a loop around the city visiting the Brompton Junction along the way and finishing up with a coffee at Peddler. That's down in Language Street 203. No likely needed. And comfortable sitting city riding kit will be appropriate. A stop at the Railway Hotel to quench a thirst. If you don't have a Brompton but would like to ride, get in touch real quick. Now, oh, I might just kick this off. What else we got? No, actually I'm going to go into this. You might realise that over the last month or so, we have been um, having Radiothon. And again, keeping community radio on air is absolutely vital in this very uh, conservative mindset and political space. Now, it was, as I said earlier in the show, it was fantastic coming in to 3CR after, you know, I just caught the end of the ABC News on our Radio National and they went into on their Life Matters program an in-depth um, look at Beyond the Bars uh, with Culture Edwards and the stuff that, um, the work that they've done for years. It's coming up today. There's going to be um, broadcast from the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre. I think that's today between 11 to 2 and Tuesday as well. So it's all this week. And it's just great to hear the ABC do that. But what, what I'm talking about also is the influence of community radio across Melbourne. And our last week was really deeply saddened by the death of Stephen the Ghost Walker. You might remember him, Triple R. Now, I've got a little homage to pay for him. Back in uh, 1988, a band called Tism put out an album called Great Trucking Songs of the Renaissance. Going, where the hell is this going? This is a bicycle show. Well, it's also uh, transport related. Anyway, Tism at the time were very well known for doing their uh, stunts and the like. One song they had, Morty Elliott Road Duplicator, where they were live, I think, at Triple R, and they took their lawnmowers in. I'd just like to say that um, it was really sad losing Stephen, but he really did shape a lot of things in Melbourne and he's someone who greatly influenced me going back to the 80s, even though I wasn't in Melbourne. I knew who Stephen Walker was. Anyway, bless. We'll be all big divided freeways. We'll be turn-offs to Tookarook. Cranbourne, Frankston, five boys. The whole peninsula will be Hey, 
The ghost who talks is speechless, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.